Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to episode 30 of the Strange Catholics podcast. This week we're going to talk about idolatry. Our saint this week is Saint Casimir. Taking away with opening prayer will be myself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us here again. We offer the prayers that are in our hearts before you. We ask you to please enliven within us the flames of the Holy Spirit so that we may speak your words, we may do your will. Pray for all those that may be hearing this, that their heart may be ever open to the presence of the Holy Spirit within them. Those that do not know you or are far from you, Lord, we ask you to give them gentleness, peace, and the warmth of your love so that they may draw their heart themselves ever closer to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. How about you listeners? Get a hold of us and let us know if you like the strange Catholic name or we need to change our name. You can you can reach us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com or anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics. We'd love a voice message, please, and thank you. So this is my riff or my gripe here at the beginning. So every every week I try to just talk about something that's current. It is related to the, to the main topic somewhat, but it's really something that just piques my interest. It does relate to idolatry. The recent injury of Tiger Woods, the accident he was in, which is just horrific what happened to him. And our prayers go out to him and his family for uh, a speedy recovery from those leg injuries and so on. Just the just the media coverage of it was just insane. It was wall to wall, nonstop. And then, of course, social media and so on. And there was less talking about the accident and more talking about, okay, was he impaired? Will he ever play again? And, and it just reminded me of the fact that we view this guy as some sort of idolic something figure, and he's not human, right? And and it also just led to the remembering Kobe Bryant's uh, tragic helicopter crash last year because it was like either today or yesterday it was the anniversary or whatever when uh, that uh, that helicopter crashed in the fog do we know who who else died in that there were like eight people that died in that my daughter had to remind me that the other day i couldn't remember there were eight people and you know it was kobe and his daughter and other people that's what i know yeah right and i understand they're the most famous but somehow we somehow you know, and then we 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 
we celebrate them, you know, to some absurd amount, you know, and stuff like that. So it just, it gets into this, you know, weird kind of thing, and, and which will just get me back to just two other things quickly, you know, which I know will rub people the wrong way, but this is the most current example in politics. The, the group of Trump folks who were just so enamored and it's almost like a idolic type of worshiping, so to speak. Now, maybe it's not at that level, but it seems to be at that level. You saw, you saw seven senators recently in the impeachment hearing. I don't care how you feel on the impeachment hearing. Guilty, not guilty, doesn't matter to me. I can argue both sides of that. Seven senators decided to vote their conscience for whatever those reasons were. Well, many of those senators are being censured by their respective Republican parties in those states. Is it because they're not following conservative principles? Is not because they're, it's because they're not supporting that guy. Some of those were because you're not supporting that guy who's not in office anymore. It's just a weird, unhealthy relationship. And it leads to, if it's not an idyllic one, idyllic one it's leading towards that. You see this all over social media, left and right. But just to focus on the right, we've seen this with some of the people we know, some family members and others, where we've had to block some of those people. And and it just hurts your relationships. This is this is part of what's getting out of whack within our culture. And this is leading to more splits within our country, which, you know, I've talked unity here and, and we're not doing that. So. So that's my riff, my gripe for this week. I guess the one that is most relatable to me would be Tiger Woods because he was, I mean, every time he sneezed or breathed or whatever, everyone just fawned over him. Phenomenal golf player, absolutely. Especially in his prime, he was playing at near superhuman levels. I mean, he really, really, really played the game really well. I'll be honest, I didn't even know that this car crash happened. Um, but Again, uh, you know, I think I think it's part of like our you know, almost as a culture kind of obsessive about who these celebrities are. I don't know if it's an envy or, you know, what it is, but there's a there's a draw to look to these people as, yes, like you're saying, almost making them like idols. Now, we can't judge the state of someone else's heart, but. It sure seems like that. I mean, it almost it feels like that in many ways. Um, you know, it just and obviously this definitely ties into the main topic. But, you know, there's when you put when your mind is on a person or a thing, whatever it might be, that isn't God. And that's what you're spending your most time worrying about or whatever. Then you're really breaking away from that first commandment, breaking it. You know what I mean? And offering up and making something more important. So, I mean, I think it's a cautionary tale to just rec recognize that this is something that we can fall into. Obviously, uh, the devil wants us to idolize anything but God. So he is going to be trying in every way possible to try and lift up and make things look more attractive, make them you know, pleasing to the senses so that we're drawn to those things. Well, and I couldn't agree with you more, Phil. Um, I think 
we need to remember that these people are people. They they're not God. They are human beings, flawed and with faults, just like every single one of us. And so the level enamoredness, if that's even the correct word or a right word, um, that we seem to have with with those in power just seems to be out of proportion with where our eyes should be. So I'll close this section with this example, which I know will be inflammatory to some of our listeners. And I'm sorry, but you really should think long and hard about this. Okay. God is at the center of your being. And when God is not at the center or the core of you, bad things happen. And the, and here's the example. The last election, the former president lost. Okay. All the evidence indicates that. Certainly you can have some disagreements, some quibbles over certain types of procedures in some states, some other types of you what you feel are nefarious things understandable you can have those okay but they've been adjudicated they've been adjudicated okay at the end of the day we've said the current president won the former president lost okay what's happened what happens it when the former president continues to say he won by a lot you have a group of people who now still believe that he won. Now we've had it other times, but it seems to be even more militant. So they're taking that core and they're shifting it into a trust of somebody else and what they're saying and taking truth out of it. Like I said, this this pro, this there were probably Hillary Clinton supporters that felt the same way and maybe not as loud and open and as potentially militant as Trump supporters. But that's what the that's that's the scary thing about this, right? This is where putting yourself in whether you call it a false prophet or something uh, or an idol that's giving you this false information is going to lead you the wrong way. That's just one example. You could think of many other examples, right? Right. So, correct. The final thought for me here is that. Really, honestly, it's it's not the person sitting in the White House. God is in control of all of our lives. And we need to realize who our supreme being is. And it is not the president. It is not a king on this earth. It is not a Shah. It, it's God. And that's, that's, where our, that's where our eyes need to be. Amen. Right. End of story. That's it. Because if we place our trust in any human institution more than we do our loving God and creator, then that's it. We're already doing idolatry. You know, there's so many opportunities for us to fall into this. And I think it's more prevalent today, although maybe not. But it, it we need to be very watchful and alert because when we let ourselves fall, we need to recognize and come back. We can't just continue down that road because the devil's just going to pull us down faster and faster and faster. And we can't, it's far harder to pull yourselves out of that than it is to recognize it early, um, condemn it, ask for, 
forgiveness, return to our Lord in the sacrament of reconciliation and be healed. And then try not to fall the, again the same way, you know, trying to avoid that sin. And for all our listeners who think I'm a liberal hack, I think both my brothers would concur with this. If this happens four years from now and the shoe's on the other foot, I'm going to say exactly the same thing about the Democrat. Doesn't matter to me. Either way, I'm just trying to evaluate it the way I see it right now. Agreed. This <laughs> this is how it is. I mean, I had, I had to pause long enough to get a concurrence. <laughs> right. And and but but I I that's the way I'm that's the way I see it and that's I'm going to say that it has nothing to do with the politics of it. So, um you know what? Once I get one of those examples on the other side, I'm going to bring that up and hammer that home too. So we can't lose our focus. But we should move on to the next segment. I've wore wore up my welcome in my first <laughs> cup of coffee. Okay, it's not a bottomless cup. Okay, so let's transition to our main topic. We want to talk about idolatry partly because while we're in this time in the desert, this 40 days. Hopefully, we're going to be able to strip away some of those things that have been distracting us from being able to hear God speak to us, to see God moving in and around us, and to really draw ourselves even closer to God. So the reason why we thought idolatry was just there's so many ways that we can place things in our lives that become those false gods that really take up our own energy, you know, our own exertion. We spend our most time, you know, maybe, maybe our idol is news and we just spend so much time consuming it. And that's taking away from our ability to really commune with God. So looking at the catechism, paragraph 2113, uh, a little bit further down speaks about, you know, the God, these things that we can place in our life, they can be gods, they can be demons. It can be power, pleasure, race, ancestors, the state, money. And the famous quote from Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 24, where Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and mammon. St. Augustine uh, comments on this that, you know, mammon can be riches, can be all of these things that we just read. It's things that can creep in. And it's not that money itself is evil or power is evil or pleasure is evil or any of those things. It's that when we place that as our highest honor or we're revering money, revering the state, revering whatever it might be, when that is we're revering Tiger Woods above God's due honor and that's where our focus is, well, then we're clearly breaking that first commandment, the very top of the list. And uh, in this time of the desert, I think it's more easy to identify what some of these obstacles are that we place in our lives. Some of these things that we've been bringing into our mind via social media, news, whatever it might be. It's not this podcast, but every other, you know, I'm just kidding. But so we can easily fall into some of these trips. We can fall down and not recognize it. And it can really cloud us. But in this beautiful time where we're walking with Christ in the desert, trying to, you know, fast from the things that have been distracting ourselves from him and really being open to how Christ is moving within us and how he's trying to awaken within us those things that were distracting us from him so that we can then, you know, not just pick those things back up, 
at the Easter vigil or on Easter Sunday, but instead, you know what, these things are really pulling me away and this was not helping my life. So I, th- I think part of this is all recognizing what is that thing that we're making, spending our most time, uh, whatever it might be. I had some, a beautiful little snippet of a uh, uh, Wednesday general audience uh, from 2018 that Pope Francis did uh, talking about sacrifices to idols. And I, I'll close out this part and we'll listen to what Terry has to say. But Pope Francis said that when everything in our lives is focused only on that object or idol, we become slaves. In ancient times, human sacrifices were made to idols, he said. But even today, people sacrifice their children for their careers, neglecting them or simply refusing to have them. He said, idols require blood. Quote, money robs us of life and pleasure leads to loneliness. Economic structures sacrifice human lives for better profits. One lives in hypocrisy, doing and saying what others expect of us because the God of self-affirmation imposes it and lives are ruined. Families are destroyed and young people are abandoned to destructive habits. All to increase profit. God, said Pope Francis, never requires life, but gives it. The true God doesn't offer a projection of our success, but teaches us to love. Rather than asking us to sacrifice our children, he said, God gives his son for us. Finally, Pope Francis said, God teaches us to live day to day rather than letting false idols deceive us into hoping only in the future. Recognizing our tendency toward idolatry places us on the path towards love, the Pope said. Quote, love is incompatible with idolatry. And I love the fact that you brought up uh, Matthew six twenty four. 24, uh, because if you wouldn't have, I would have, because that is a very, very powerful quote. And one that is a trap that uh, can, you can easily fall into. Um, I myself have found myself in that trap as well, where, you know, oh, hey, I need to work these extra hours so that I can provide for my family where maybe it would have been better if my family just had me there for some event, whatever that event may be. Um, So it's a real, especially in uh, society today, it's a real easy trap to go out and to fall into. Um, I was raised, uh, and maybe Bob, you were raised this way too, where, you know, dad went out and provided for the family that's what you do you know but you know looking back on my life there were a lot of opportunities uh that you know for my dad to be at our stuff and he wasn't there because he was working because he was providing for the family and so i i came into providing for my family with that same attitude and I realized that maybe that wasn't always the best attitude to have. Granted, yes, you do have to provide for your family. You do have to keep, you know, food on the table and and the lights on and the heat on at this time of year. But at, by the same token, do not make that your God. Do not make that the ultimate thing that drives you in your life. Remember to take time. Because God wants us to be in relationship. 
take time for your family, take time to get to church and and show your your family and and your wife, your kids. This is how we honor God as a Catholic Christian family. Um, one other real quick point too that uh, first segment I really talked a lot about the political side. I did talk about other things, but the political side is really based in that idol of power, right? You know, um, you know this. There, there, there is this infatuation with power. Pope Francis talked more about money, right, and money at all costs, that type of thing. So. There's these things that we need in our lives. We all need some power, and power can be used for positive things. You know, it is a status symbol to have power, the status symbol to have money. We need money to survive. You know, so all those things we need, you know, the problem is when we turn the faucet on too high, we get too much of something, we want more of it, then we lose that center of gravity. And then we become, you know, in an idolatrous situation with power as a political leader could or, or religious leader could. We've seen that even in the Catholic Church uh, or or money. As Pope Francis kind of, talk, you know, and Pope Francis is, you know, constantly talking about or alluding to, you know, uh, the abuses that can happen from capitalism, you know, that type of thing. So I think that's what I take from what Bill was talking about. Just to kind of close out this, you know, there's an opportunity again this Lent to reflect on what are some of the ways where maybe I've let some other idols in that I need to cast out. I know we've been a huge proponent of confession, but if that is something you've fallen into, don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Just go to confession and seek Christ's reconciliation. Really, he wants to give you his mercy. He's never holding it back. It's us that become too afraid. We become too proud. We become so filled up with shame that it almost cripples us. Shame is good to a point, but we it should never be to the point of scrupulosity where we can't, are crippled almost. And we we need to just go allow ourselves to be embraced by our loving savior and let him let him say to those those same words to us that the priest always says he's longing to give us that forgiveness so this is that great time in lent where he where where have i let some of these things in these things that do cause lots of other there's a lot of downhill problems from this when we start to let some of these idols in and just nip it confess it and be healed and this is a little bit of what, uh, kind of a, on the same note of what I preached about uh, this past weekend, going back to Ash Wednesday's first reading and the prophet Joel saying, rend your hearts, not your garments. Open your heart to the Lord. And the basic message of, of my homily was how can, you know, walking 40 days in the desert with Jesus and opening ourselves up to what God has to offer in our lives can get us to that dessert of Easter Sunday, the joy and the reconciliation. So absolutely take this time during Lent, walk through the desert and open yourselves up to what God has to say. 
Yeah, last last thing I want to say, only because I don't know if I say it enough. Again, during Lent, always be joyful amid your sacrifices, your penances, whatever it might be. Still just exude that joy, just like what Terry was alluding to at Easter. We're going to have that beautiful dessert of Easter, the, the joy and the feast of the resurrection. So let us let that joy that now lives within us be exuding out of us so that we're not also being put down by some of our self, you know, our own idols within us that, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. Instead, what are the ways that I can serve God? Strip myself of idols and have joy in that. All right. This is a good time for a break. So if you want to get up from your seat, walk over to the refrigerator, get yourself a dessert of ice cream, maybe a cookie, something like that. And come on back. We will be back in just a moment with the Saint Spotlight. And we're back. Hope you got chocolate ice cream. It's time for Saint Cashmere. Ever since the three kings came to leave their gifts at the altar of the crib in Bethlehem, the Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, has drawn generations of nobles, kings, and emperors to himself. And today, St. Spotlight commemorates such a young man named Kazmir, Prince of Poland, who died at the age of 25. St. Kazmir has a feast day of March the 4th. He is the patron saint against plagues of bachelors, kings, princes, single laymen, the Diocese of Grodno, and that's in Belarus, Lithuania, Poland, and Russia. Kazmir grew up in a world where his life was not his own. As a prince of Poland, he is the third son of King Kazmir IV and Elizabeth of Austria. His life was scheduled to cement his father's authority and increase Poland's power. He was born October the 3rd, 1458, and he was committed to God from childhood. Kazmir realized from an early age that his life belonged to someone else, but to a much higher king than his father. Despite pressure, humiliation, and rejection, he stood by that loyalty throughout his whole life. Kazmir knew that life did not offer and could not offer what the soul most deeply yearned for. Kazmir lived a highly disciplined life, even maybe somewhat severe. He slept very little, spending his nights in prayer. When he did sleep, he slept on the ground, not in a royal plush bed, dedicating himself to a lifelong of celibacy. He had a great devotion to Mary, supported the poor, and lived a virtuous life amid the dissolute court. Even though he was a prince, many of those around him must have laughed and joked at his choices. Yet, in the face of any pressure, Casimir was always friendly and calm. Though his father must have wondered about him, he must have seen and admired Casimir's strength. He showed that he misunderstood this strength when he sent Casimir as the head of an army to take over the throne of Hungary at the request of some nobles there. Kazmir felt the whole expedition was wrong 
but was convinced to go out of obedience to his father. He could not help but feel at every step that it was disobedient to his father to not go through with it. So when soldiers started deserting, he was only too glad to listen to the advice of his officers and turn back home. His feelings were confirmed when he discovered that Pope Sixtus IV had opposed the move. His father, however, was furious at being deterred from his plans and banished his son to a castle in Dobsky, hoping that imprisonment would change Casimir's mind. But Casimir's commitment to what he believed was right only grew stronger in his exile, and he refused to cooperate with his father's plans anymore, despite the pressure to give in, and he did become a conscientious objector. He did he participated in his true king's plans wholeheartedly by praying, studying, and helping the poor. From that time, Kazmir tenaciously refused to participate in the war. Thus, his Polish and Lithuanian admirers esteem him as the peacemaker. His elder brother, Vladislaus II, ruled Bohemia. Prince Casimir became the heir apparent to the throne of Poland and Lithuania. In 1474, the Italian merchant and traveler Ambrigio Caterani met with Prince Casimir and was impressed by his wisdom. Prince Casimir completed his formal education at the age of 16 and spent most of his time with his father. In 1476, Prince Casimir accompanied his father to Royal Prussia, where he tried to resolve the conflict with the Prince Bishopric of Wernia. In 1478, Siamas of the Grand Duchy of Lithuania demanded that King Casimir leave either Prince Casimir or Prince John I Albert in Lithuania as a regent. King Casimir feared separatist moods and refused, but after settling the conflict in Prussia, moved to Vilnius. Between 1479 and 1484, his father spent most of his time there, attending to the affairs of Lithuania. In 1481, there was a plot to murder King Casimir and Prince Casimir during a hunt at a wedding. The plan was discovered by Prince Casimir, perhaps fearing for his safety, was sent to Poland to act as a vice regent. Around the same time, his father tried to arrange his marriage to the daughter of Emperor Frederick III. It is often claimed that Prince Casimir refused the match, preferring to remain celibate and sensing his approaching death. Shortly thereafter, Prince Casimir developed tuberculosis. In May of 1483, he joined his father in Vilnius. There, Prince Casimir took over some of his duties at the Chancellery. However, his health deteriorated while rumors about his piousness and good deeds spread further. Prince Casimir died on March the 4th, 1484, in Grodno. He was canonized by Pope Adrian VI in 1522. Five centuries after his death, another great saint, Pope St. John Paul II, 
recalled how St. Casimir embraced a life of celibacy, submitted himself humbly to God's will in all things, devoted himself with tender love to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and developed a fervent practice of adoring Christ present in the Blessed Sacrament. To all, the Pope said, he was a shining example of poverty and of sacrificial love for the poor and the needy. St. Casimir, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. I didn't know this much about St. Casimir, but clearly a strong devotion to remembering that our true king is Jesus Christ and that our devotion should be to him, to God the Father alone. And when we start to deter, fall off that path, I mean, it fits right in with our idolatry talk. So providential, Bob, that you picked this saint. Thank you, sir. Good job, Bob. You know, the whole goal of this, folks, is we're trying to give you some saints that they just don't get the same kind of pub that Aquinas and others get. So there's a lot of wonderful saints out here, and Terry just told you about one. So that's what we're trying to do. Okay. Well, that was a wonderful presentation. So now we've come to the part of our show where we ask you, our wonderful listeners, to provide us your feedback. Well, first and foremost, I need you to rate us. And and we need you to rate us five stars because, you know, we would we would want six if they had six, but I guess they only have five is the max. So five is what we need from you. So please do that. And you can rate us on whatever platform you find us at, you know, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, they call it now. Any of those are fine. It helps other people find the show. And please spread it to your friends and family members and tell them how wonderful a podcast it is, or at least to try it out. Just try it out and see what you think. I mean, you're going to come away from this podcast learning something and laughing. Those two things we can guarantee. Um, we want your comments. We want your prayer intentions. Tell us how good we're doing. Tell us how bad we're doing. Tell us what you want us to talk about. You can leave those on any of those podcast platforms, but probably the best place for you to leave those comments is at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com, anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics for a voice message. All right, so let's let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Holy and gracious God, thank you for this opportunity once again to meet with these wonderful brothers in, in fellowship and to share this time in your presence on Podcast 30, also with our listeners. As we, as we leave tonight, please provide for all of us, your, or continue to provide for all of us, your grace your wisdom, your love as we go through this Lenten season. We ask for some specific prayer intentions for the following groups. Ask that you lift these folks up, watch over these folks during these times. Married couples and those in also those in troubled relationships, whether they're married or not, help those folks, pregnant women, pregnant women, those trying to become pregnant, and also protection of life from conception to natural death. Please watch over our political leaders at all levels, provide them with wisdom to make just decisions. Those suffering from COVID, 
family members of those suffering from COVID, those who have died from COVID, caregivers who are working tirelessly to help those with COVID. We ask all of these prayer intentions through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, folks, for listening to us this week. We'll be back with a wonderful episode 31 next week. And until then, love your brothers. Love your brothers. Love your brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day. And may God bless you.